Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where the facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember, rate, review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Well, what do I say about Spotify? Shit, I don't know what you do on Spotify, but whatever you do, do that shit. Do that shit, please, and thank you. How you doing, my man? Oh, shit, I'm doing good, man. I I, I mean, my fantasy teams are looking decent. I think they're, they're going to all come down to close games. Like I said, uh, off-air, John Brown is kind of holding me down. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Jimmy G stand out today. That's really what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping Jimmy G put don't put up a... A donut like Deshaun Watson, but you know it is what it is. You win some, you lose some. And I obviously had to use Jimmy G, uh, the ladies' man Jimmy G, that is to uh, to go around the fact that I don't have the MVP Russell Wilson playing this week. So, yeah, that 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 did hurt me too because I, like I, I, I had to sub in Jameis this week. And he oh, did. that's right, you do use him. He, he did. I, I got. I mean, like these three leagues, like it, it, it always like stretches out your allegiances. Because, like, I have Pat Mahomes, and I'm going up against Pat Mahomes. So, like, I need him to have a good day, but I don't need him to have a great day. <laughs> exactly. And more than likely, he's going to have a great day. He's going to have a great – he's going to bust yeah. bust me over the head for 35. <laughs> Which is going to give me a dub, and he's going to give me an L. A good dub. At least. And a bad L. A good dub? Oh, okay, a good dub. A good dub. Well, yeah, man, like I said, I, I think I think I may make the playoffs in at least one of my leagues. I ain't – like I said, I, I – it's funny, man. Just setting up this league and getting into this league, you know, one league is like a hundred bucks, the other league is like twenty dollars. So basically, you know, you get a bigger pot than one of them. And like, even with me, like, I'm a I'm a cheap guy. Like, I'm not out just here blowing money. But it just kind of baffles me the way people get into these fantasy football situations and pay money as if they know they're gonna win. I'm like, bro, <laughs> like you're gambling. Like, and I like I told Sean, like I'm not a gambling man. This is what this is me. I'm not a gambling man, but if I'm gonna gamble, I'm no, I'm doing it in a way that's like, well, I got a little money I can, you know, spare. It's worth taking a chance because I'm gonna have some fun, and it's kind of fun, you know, talking shit back and forth with people that are looking at fantasy from a realistic perspective. But you got cats out there that really just think, oh, I'm gonna win this, so make sure y'all not cheating. What? Like, how do you really cheat in fantasy football, bro? You never know if Tom Tom Brady finna go out there and act the ass or finna be super medium okra like that you just don't know so i didn't be sitting here like bro like what is y'all talking about but my point is i enjoy playing fantasy but it's just weird to me how like people get into these gambling situations like it's a for sure thing i'm like bro you're gambling nothing is for certain like you may take many L's. Like I know people that consider themselves fantasy football gurus that are like they be they be in last place for half the season and don't get me wrong they are good enough to kind of bounce back, cause I think some skill comes with it, but not a lot, bro. It's pretty much luck. Yeah. But I just I just found that interesting. That boys be boys be wilding with that shit, man. Uh, I don't know how your league's going as far as the shit talking and you know people pointing the finger at the fact that they're just trash. Bro, my 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 league my league's been real quiet this season, and I I, I learned in like week three that my team's trash, so I labeled this a rebuilding year. So I've been rebuilding. I stayed at the bottom half of the league. Damn near all season. I'm I'm up at like eight now, and I'm I'm beating the number four team. So I might crack in and and sneak into the playoffs, but I doubt it. I think a lot of people quiet this year because I mean you you gotta understand people had a lot of stake in Antonio Brown. People had people had stake in maybe on Bell. I mean you had some key players that are injured this year, and it's just kind of annoying, bro. It's 
I mean, shit, even if you play fantasy basketball, the shit, the shit, the shit is going that way. Like, imagine if you had most of the Golden State players. That's fucked up. But anyways, man, they don't want to hear us talk about fantasy football. Got to give the people what they want. Got to give the people what they want. Man, I was I was reading, you know, we, we've talked about the culture of victimhood before. Um, this is something that's not new. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I can't remember some of the comments I've seen and some of the re- replies and responses I've got back on, you know, how I view victimhood. But um, my first question to people out there that are listening is, do you find value in being the loser, a.k.a. the victim? Because, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I don't think anybody from a rational standpoint sees themselves as a winner and the same time as the victim. But... My question is, would you argue that it seems like in modern times the victim is the winner? In in today's social climate, I could see that the victims being the winners. Like there there's this self-imposed underdog story where, you know, despite your own actions, you end up being the victim. And therefore you have to overcome whatever puts you into this victim stance to be your quote-unquote champion. Although, hey, you might have put yourself in there to start out with. And this is, you know, speaking of no situation or instance in particular, is just saying that, hey, you might make a fucked-up decision and you're a victim due to your decision-making. Ooh. Remember what I said about decision-making on the Examples podcast? Decision-making goes a long way, and a person that makes poor uh, poor decisions on the regular... Or especially when it comes to like life changing events, because there are some decisions out there like, you know, do I need to get a some six piece chicken nugget or get a ten piece? Like those are decisions that all right, whatever. But <laughs> the reality is <laughs> there are some decisions out there that are very life changing and they can be very detrimental to your to, to the longevity of whatever situation you may be in. For instance, like dating a coworker. Um the the thing with me is I, I it just the, like I said, victimhood in general, it, it baffles me because the thing about me is like I, I always feel like everybody's running around here yelling that they're independent. Everybody wants to be this strong-minded individual. Everybody wants to be, you know, everybody wants to be seen as somebody that doesn't need to be coddled by society. But in reality, it almost seems like every time I scroll on social media, somebody is embracing the fact that they're a loser, in, in my opinion, a victim. Um, for instance, the other day, I mean, and, and once again, I'm not poking fun at these at these people, but I just feel it's weird uh, the climate we're in when somebody gets raped or gets abused, and the first thing they come to is social media to to basically yell that they're a victim, but at the same time, it's almost like, look at me, I survived, and I'm just kind of sitting there like, what's the what's the point of this, like? we're all aware of the ills of this planet. Like we all know that there is danger in society. So when I see people like it's, it is weird because I've always kind of looked at a situation like that, what you want to pull out your camera for, you know? And it's just, it's just weird to me when I see somebody smiling, like they're kind of halfway smirking in the, in the picture where they got bruises and scars on their face. And then they show in the picture a year later, like, Hey, look at me. I overcame and, 
they're all smiling. I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, and once again, I'm not trying to be heartless, but I mean, people get in fucked up situations all the time. People are, I mean, in, in so many different ways, a lot of us are survivors of something. So what's the real motive here? Like, what, in your opinion, what's the real motive here? Like, what is the point of this? See, I see that I don't understand because to me, what it what it should be is what we do and with the examples pod. Look, I went through something, it tore me down, I'm rebuilt, and you can do it too. They never get to the you can do it too, you can overcome. They, they mm-hmm. per per your example, hey, I was sexually assaulted. You know, here's pictures of me, here's my bruises, you know. I went through this deep depression where I was afraid of men and I didn't want to be around them in close, close corners or anything like that. Here I am a year later, bruises gone. Of course, you know, I look happy and everything. This is how I got here is what you don't get. And I think that's what people really need is to know, Hey, how did you overcome? Cause you're, you're telling me, okay, although I'm unique, I'm not alone. You experienced something traumatic. Like I experienced something traumatic. Okay, cool. I see you now that you're like, hey, I pushed through it. Well, it's not a year later for me. It's been three or four months for me. And I'm still in a depression. I still have a fear of all men or whoever abused me. How did you get there? Like, like take that experience and, and educate people. But you just saying, hey, I went through something. And 12 months later, here I am. That means nothing. Say, it's interesting. Say, we- say, man, look, when I was born, I came here. I ain't know how to do shit, man. I I couldn't I couldn't do nothing but eating shit. And people had to, to feed me and they had to change my diaper. But 31 years later, look at me. <laughs> Nobody know how you got there. Nobody knows how Nobody I got, knows here. got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild, man. Um that, like, like is that it. is that what I'm gonna tell my child? It's like, look, say when I when I was your age, look, your grandmama had to change my diaper, she had to feed me, I would just cry and I couldn't communicate, and I got here. What you think? What you think? My little baby gonna do is just sit there and look at me like word. <laughs> my little baby. I'm 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 inspired. Like no, like you. <laughs> there's some training. You you know you gotta pass on some knowledge. Man, is that it? Does it? Does everybody want to be somebody's inspiration? I don't think I you think want to. Like I don't think they want to, and that's fine. You don't have to be inspiration. You don't have to be a role model. But like, what is your purpose? Man, um. And it's weird when you say that. I, th- I start thinking about the highlight reel thing. Everybody always talks about how people say you only post your highlight reels. And I kind of feel like somebody that is a victim of something in that moment, as they post it, they're like, oh, man, this is what's going to get me attention. And this is something I can put on my highlight reel. No matter how low the moment is, it's something that's going to bring them this, you know, this false sense of sympathy from a bunch of people that don't know. So I, in a way, that's another part of the highlight reel. Because it's, once again, they're only they're only posting the the um how do I say that the tra- the traumatic experience which garners all the attention. It's, it's what you was about to say. The weight loss journey. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You show me oh, the yeah. before and after. What'd you do in the middle? You you get you get lipo. You get uh 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 your stomach stapled. Like what did you do in the middle that got you here? Yeah, you could give me this whole long ass caption about you know how you struggle with weight loss oh, your whole Christ. entire life and all this and that, and that's all well and good, and I appreciate that. But you know, if you're really trying to help people or you're just trying to get, um, garner attention, that's where that's where I find it. 
He's like, hey, you know, some days I didn't want to get up and go to the gym. And I just told I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, I don't want to look like this anymore. And I would go whether it was for 30 minutes or whether it was for 90 minutes. I would go every single day. I would lift something. I would do something. I think twice before I ate, like, you know, tell tell people what you do, because some people go through those same things. They will wake up like, I don't want to go through the gym. I just don't. And not not everybody's a self-motivator. Like everybody just just can't do it. And so they might turn to you, even if you're not a role model or inspiration or anything. And, and we've had this d- discussion before, like our celebrities and, and pro athletes automatically signed up to be role models. And I feel that you aren't. But when you're broadcasting like you are, I think you put yourself in that role. It's only it's only it's only a certain it's only a certain subclass of society that needs role models. I mean, there needs their athletes to be role models. We already know what that is. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I pray that my son doesn't, you know, feel the need to, to look at a LeBron James or, a, you know, a Dwayne Wade or a Colin Kaepernick as somebody that's a role model. Yeah. You could look at them and say, you know, Hey, I want to be where they are one day, but you know, the, it, to, to, to lean on athletes that are practically untouchable to help in your lack of parenting skills. It's, 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 it's baffling to me. Uh, but and it's also unnecessary. Uh, that's why a lot of the shit that they say, I just I, I hope for their sake that they watch out. They're they're not they're not saying what they say in hopes of like trying to raise a generation. Because once again, I mean, a lot of these cats don't know what they're talking about, like at all. I mean, but that's neither here nor there. I was reading this uh this article in uh Psychology Today, and it's funny. Um, it, it says for many years victims have been bullied. The the thing that's funny is for many years, because once again, victims aren't something that is new. Like being a victim is not a new concept. So it said for many years, victims have been bullied, shamed and blamed, which worsens the effects of their experience. Unfortunately, in a swing to the opposite side, victimhood has now become a protected class in our society, a trend fed by well-intended but potentially harmful therapists, activists and daytime talk shows. And when I when I read that, I, I I think once again, I mean, all those platforms are platforms that help a person garner attention. You go on a daytime talk show because you want attention. You go to a therapist nine times out of ten because you want somebody to listen to you. You need that attention. You need that. You need that. You need that moment where you know somebody's actually paying attention to your problems and no one else's. You know you. And and then don't get me started on the activist. Man, the activist like. The activists are searching for victims, because if that without the victims, the activists don't have a job. The Facts. activists need, you know what I'm saying? Well, the activists need uh, black people out here getting killed by police. Because if black people ain't getting killed by police, what's the next narrative they're gonna jump to in order to keep themselves employed or keep themselves relevant? Because what ends up happening is in today's society, once you become relevant or become an influencer, you have a a way of funneling money into your account by practically doing nothing. You're basically just becoming a a preacher or a pastor. You know, and I, I mean, not knocking preachers and pastors or whatever, but I mean, that's all you are. You're just- You're profiting you're off just, of pain. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's odd to me that people are going out of their way to be exploited because I mean, that's what it feels like. And I mean, that brings me to my next subject because it really feels like when I talk about this subgroup, because to me, it's a subgroup. It's not a lot of people. Like we, t- I talk to people on a daily basis. I talk to, I get face-to-face interaction with people. And for the most part, 
they seem like they're people, like I said, they're strong-minded people. They're, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty independent. They want to do things on their own. Like, can I, I can't confidently say that they would never play the victim, for, but for the most part, most of the people I interact with on a daily basis seem like pretty strong-minded people that wouldn't want to be exploited. But when I think about this subgroup of people, which is our people, it, it's crazy to me how we don't want to be strong anymore. I think I think for many, many years, especially throughout the 90s, um, we got tired of being the victim and we were doing everything that we could in order to fight the, fight the narrative of being victim. But now it just seems like we're just going in reverse and we're like, we're the victim. We're the victim. Like, look at us. For instance, you have this, I guess, this trend or this viral thought of rideshare drivers kidnapping black women. I mean, first of all, how do you think, how do you feel about that? I don't know enough about it to completely understand it, but my off the cuff thoughts are, okay, rideshare drivers are kidnapping black women. And my thoughts and my understanding, the sex trafficking for black women isn't high. The ransoms for black women isn't high. So for you, for me to think that they're like, what, what is the purpose of the kidnapping? Like, yeah, if they're, they're, they're kidnapping young women. Yes. I know there's a lot of pedophiles out here that would, that are attracted to young women. I can see that market being high. I can see a lot of Asian women going, going missing. I can see that being high. A lot of young white women going missing. I can see that being high, but I'm not understanding the whole black women going missing thing. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm saying I don't have enough information to give a qualified answer. I mean, besides the conspiracy theory between but uh, of harvesting organs, um, I, I think I think it's I think you hit the nail on the coffin when you say um, the ransoms. All right, well we we know we can cancel our ransoms for black women because I mean, once again we can go back to Sandra Bland. Her her bail wasn't that much, and and her own family wasn't trying to bail out her jail. But people don't want to talk about that. Um, let's be honest here: the people that are most at stake for being sex trafficked are usually immigrants and undocumented people. Um, yes, you know, like you said, obviously black women do get sex trafficked, but there's a lot of complications with that. Not only are there a lot of complications with that, I'm just thinking about the fact that rideshare drivers nine times out of ten are fairly vetted, meaning if I, as a rideshare driver I decide to kidnap somebody um, and there's proof that that was the last person I that rode in my car, I mean, eh, I don't know. Even if I was sharing an account with somebody, as diligent as the FBI can be, I doubt that they would be able to connect the dots between um, somebody sharing their rideshare account, more likely with a family or somebody that so a family member or somebody that looks like them. So once again, what you said? You said you this. doubt that they'd be able to, to link that, or you think that they would be able I know, to? Link I said that? I'm pretty sure they would. I'm okay, pretty sure that's okay. an easy connection to make. So I'm saying. That's similar to robbing a bank without a mask on and just basically smiling at the camera. Like you're you're in a you're already in a vulnerable situation as a rideshare driver, and then you're going out kidnapping black women. Once again, I'm not saying that this isn't the case, but let's just let for me, my experience with rideshare driving, which was brief, was man, I remember picking up more kids than I picked up black women 
or picked up a lot of adults in general because a lot of parents these days, believe it or not, are really using the ride share service as another babysitter. Because at the end of the day, they're like, well, I have all this information on the ride share driver. Um, my child is old enough to recognize, like, hey, I'm, a, you know, my, my child may be even operating the account. So my child has enough common sense to get into a, to a ride share and be like, hey, you know, this ain't the person on the account. You know, don't get me wrong. Some adults jump in cars and they don't even look at who the fucking driver is. Some of them don't even look at the license plate because we've had stories where white women jump coming out of the airport and they just jump into a car hey, and was, the car just start driving. It was a silver Nissan Altima. It was a silver Nissan Altima. I got in it. One of the most common cars in the in the world. Hey, it was silver Nissan. Yeah, I just got yeah. into it. Yeah. So you you just jump into this car. This person's looking at you like, why the fuck are you in my car? I'm pretty sure that person feels more threatened. And the likelihood of that person sitting there wanting to kidnap you like, oh, shit, it was that easy? Somebody just jumped into my car? I just happened to be a kidnapper. <laughs> like, come on. Like, that just doesn't add up. So once again, I'm not knocking the fact that, you know, it's dangerous out here for these women. But the reality is... It really just seems like everybody just wants to be the victim. Everybody's just running around like, oh, y'all got to protect us. Y'all got to protect us. What? Do you know what a gun is? Do you know what pepper spray is? Do you know what being with groups of people is? Like, move in a way that is precautious to your surroundings. You put yourself in danger. You coming home late at night, three in the morning, after a long a long day of thotting. And <laughs> you put your... You put yourself in a situation where, you know, you got to walk to your apartment door by yourself, I would think. And then once again, I'm, this is just an assumption. I would think that if you knew that you stayed in a dangerous area, you would be protected. If you don't feel that you need to be protected while coming in the house three or four o'clock in the morning, then that just lets me know that, hey, you don't care about your safety. Why should I? And that's pretty much what I'm just saying. That's kind of where I stand on that subject because I see it a lot. I know a lot of people are going to be mad at this, but I just sit back and I think to myself as a father and I, I wonder, you know, who should be more of a protected class? Is it the children that cannot truly protect themselves or grown as men and women that have the right to protect themselves, that have the resources to protect themselves? That's what bothers me. I don't really want to sit here and debate whether, you know, these things are truly happening. But if you think they are, the last people that you may, you should be asking for help are the people that you think are the predators. Just saying. And the, and, and, and to bring this kind of whole world, you know, how, how like, like we're seeing the post, hey, we got to protect our women. When when all when all has like this stop, you know, when the when the cop killings are going on of, of on, on black men, it's like, hey, we got to protect our men. But at the same time, like you said, you have to take these steps to protect yourself. I can't go out to Prospect Park and have five Jack and Cokes and then try to drive home and don't think I'm gonna get pulled over. I can't go out and have five Jack and Cokes and then you know think that they gonna let me whoop the person that stepped on my Jordans. And I'm just going to be able to go home. You got to protect yourself. There isn't a woman out there saying, hey, sir, I know I don't know you, but I seen that you had, you know, too much to drink. Do I need to call somebody for you? That That's not happening in my experiences. It might be 
But like the bartender, I mean, the bartender might cut you off to say they own ass because they're legally obligated. But like some some random ain't saying that. Now, I do understand. And I have been in situations where you see a female out there by herself and you're like, OK, look, I'm just going to I'm just going to watch her to make sure that she's cool. Like I, I've, I've been in situations where mm -hmm. where I'll be on an elevator with a woman and I'll say, hey, excuse me, I'm going to get off first because I know how it feels for y'all to, to get off first and then a man quote unquote is following you to your room. I learned that staying in hotels throughout, you know, my, my previous career. Hey, I'm going to get off first. I'm going to go to my room. So it doesn't feel like I'm following you. Like there are certain steps Shit's that you, crazy, man. there are certain steps that you can take, but overall you can't stop everything. So, no. well, you can do it. You can do what you can to look out for me, but at the same time, I need to do more than what you're doing to look out for myself. I mean, I agree. And I said it, I mean, I said it, I mean, I know people can ignore me on Twitter all day, but I said it, I said it like, you know, even with having a gun on you, even with having that protection, that doesn't mean that you, you input yourself into dangerous situations on the regular, but at the same time, and I'm referring to the fact that they have this, um, this new con this new, uh, cup condom where, um, it protects your cup from getting roofied or whatever. And, uh, my beef with that is, Man, if y'all really in environments where y'all feel like y'all finna get roofied and raped, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think you should be going to those places. Yeah, that sounds I mean, like a place I'm you shouldn't be. I'm, I'm all for having fun, people. I'm all for having fun. And I remember, um, I remember uh, Crystal Claire had made a comment one time about like I was like just kind of annoyed by the fact that I feel like people don't know how to have fun anymore. I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like people go to places where they really can't have fun. So that's why they resort to. I'm going to just take pictures and look like I'm having a good time. You know what I'm saying? But the reality is, if you need a cunt on your cup, if you feel like you are in an, in an environment where you are going to be roofied and raped, one, I'm going to question the type of friends that you are around. Because let's be real here. I, I, I didn't, I didn't frequent many, many bars and clubs, you know, you know, over time. And I've, I've heard of people being roofied. And the, the crazy thing about this shit is I've actually heard of women roofing other women just for pure jokes and laughs because that is crazy. Hey bro, it happens. It happens, man. People, I mean, I, I, I would, I would say it's, that's more likely that happen with the fairer skin of people. I don't, I can't really say our people do that, but I have heard some shit, bro. And um, the crazy part about that is, in the grand scheme of things, it's gonna be a man that gets blamed at the end of the day because they don't, they don't, they can't, they can't perceive the notion of somebody just roofing somebody as a joke. Well, you gotta think. Some people push their friends just to drink over the limit just for jokes, just because it's their birthday. Oh, girl, keep on drinking. It's your turn up, turn up. I want to see you get fucked up. I, I seen a, I seen a video of Megan Thee Stallion and like that whole thread was interesting to me because it was like I think Trey Songz was trying to get her to drink more. I don't think he was you know necessarily being too aggressive, but then again, from the angle I was looking at it, I can't tell much. That's the thing with videos. I'm not there in person. <laughs> I don't That's get the, the thing whole with it so You far. don't you don't know how it starts. You only know how that portion ends. Yeah, you know, but I, I know for the most part they clearly were all having a good time, and I've and I've learned with turn up culture that. You know, when everybody's turned up, you don't really have too many responsible people in the situation. I, I feel I feel like this. Responsible people are proactive. Irresponsible people are reactive. 
And therefore, when you you have somebody that is willing to get an Uber, I mean, obviously, that's probably a fairly responsible person. When you got people that's just riding in random cars, just trying to make it home, fucked up, those tend to be irresponsible people because a lot of times they don't even know who they get in the car with. And I'm telling you, as we talk about this right now on this beautiful Sunday, that shit's going to happen today. Some innocent girl or some clueless guy is just going to just get wasted. And he's not going to know where he is. And when something happens to him, we're all looking at him like, oh, damn, feeling sorry for him. But I'm going to have to Dave Chappelle the situation. What did he do? What did he do to get to this point? <laughs> like, seriously, even, what did she do to get to this point? Even even thinking about it, like getting ride share. Hey, yeah, it's easy when you live in an apartment complex. Hey, drop me off at the front. Cool. You don't know exactly which apartment I stay in. When you take it, mm-hmm. when you take it into a house. She dropped me off at this corner. I don't need you knowing exactly where I live. Cause that's dangerous in and of itself. Hey, I, I let this, like this I let this stranger know exactly where I live. It may not be today, but they know exactly how to how to get to where I live. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That they're they um, once again, ride shares. Some of them guys aren't the most intelligent. Some of the women ain't the most intelligent. I mean, it is what it is. Once again, the human humans are, humans do human shit. Human nature is going to take place. When, a lot of times when people are in a place of opportunity, they're going to take advantage. I, I've read a story about a ride share driver going to a rich neighborhood, picking up a guy, taking him to the airport, and he realized, well, shit, this nigga at the airport. Ain't nobody at this house. Nigga rich. I'm going to rob him. <laughs> I mean, opportunities are happens. Niggas don't, niggas don't do ride share because they got money. You know, more than likely dudes doing ride share to make extra money so they could just kind of stay afloat. Um, and I can tell you a ride share story now. I've, the One of the reasons why I, I, I find myself in a position where it's a dangerous job for a black man is when you pick up somebody in the middle of the night and they're so fucking drunk, you got to walk them to their door. You basically got to carry them to their door. And ride share drivers are not trained for that. They're not. They're not even warned that things like that would can happen, and I think that is completely outrageous. And I'm guessing that some of my defense mechanisms come up because it's like, damn, like y'all out here pointing fingers at rideshare drivers, and it's like, bruh, some of these motherfuckers out here going through it. One, once again, niggas ain't driving rideshare because they got money, so I can understand why. A ride share driver may kidnap somebody. They may be able to make some money off of, uh, you know, picking up a black woman. Maybe it's like a couple thousand dollars for a black woman on the black market. Possibly. I don't know nothing about that shit. I, I'm, I'm sure the there's reality. a price, though. I'm sure there's a price. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is everybody ain't got them type of connects and resources. I just I, I find that hard to believe. Uh, and there's a lot of things that I will believe. But when shit gets sketchy, I just got to ask questions. And I just really feel like. That is that is a sketchy situation. Um, I'm gonna read one more excerpt from the uh, the Psychology Today article because I think it's funny. It says critics of culture of victimhood are often attacked as abusers themselves, perpetuating a culture of harm and assault. Frequently, the response of that embattled critic is to assert that they are a victim as well. Men criticized as sexist for challenging radical feminism defend themselves as victims of reverse sexism. People criticized as being unsympathetic proclaim their own history of victimization. Blah, blah, blah. I ain't a victim. You ain't got to worry about that with me. I don't I don't perceive myself as a victim. I don't... Like I said, we've all been through something. But at the end of the day, I will never in my life 
put myself in a in a position where society is ever going to view me as a victim. I don't want to. I don't I don't foresee that as my future because I because once again I I take a little bit of pride in being seen as a strong black man, and I don't think that people have that pride anymore. I think that shit is pretty much. I think I think with the um, normalization of people wanting to be oppressed, I think that that's um that's becoming the cool thing. The woe is and, me. You know, Colin Kaepernick. I, I don't. I, I'm gonna say it like this. I'm gonna keep it simple because I really don't care about the guy. The Kuta Kite shirt. I don't understand it. That's out of everything. <laughs> Out of everything that happened, I don't understand the Kuta Kente shirt. Sean, I know you're listening, Sean. You're going to have to explain the Kuta Kente shirt to me, bro. I don't get it. What does that mean? To, like when, when people like, Colin Kaepernick shows up wearing the Kuta Kente shirt, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I mean, why? I mean, one, I mean. What, what, like, what, like, I like, like is, there, is, there, is there a roots, slave owner, I'm not Toby, I'm Kunta kind of thing going on. And I'm like, if you have that mentality, why are you even out here trying out? Bruh, that's what I'm confused about. And I see all these people going back and forth, and I'm just sitting here like, what is y'all even talking about? This guy is on a field, on a high school field, after doing whatever he was doing with the NFL, with a Kunta Kente shirt on and his afro out. Because for, for a couple of months before this, I'm almost certain I seen this shit slick back with Braves and he was looking a lot more clean cut in the past few months. I ain't been seeing a throw out too much. But when it's time to, be, when the cameras are forming, come on, when it's, when, it's, when it's lights, camera, action, boy, the throw come out in the Kuta Kente shirt, come on. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, if you're pro-Kaepernick, anti-Kaepernick, my question to you is, but why the Kuta Kente shirt? Because once again, let's just, and we've talked about this for years even, now. Even with that, because, like, you of course you know in these workouts you don't have a helmet on or anything like that. Wouldn't it be more beneficial to put on a helmet with braids? Like, wouldn't it fit better? Yeah. I, I just like I said, man. Like I see people going back and forth. People, you know, obviously gonna be calling Stephen A. a coon. They are gonna call Jason Whitlock a coon. And I, like I said, I think I think when you when you disagree with somebody and you start resorting to to name calling, you pretty much already lost. Right. Um, I think I think it's clown behavior, you know, to. Uh, to, to get to get into a debate with somebody and you know basically start threatening them and then call them coons and shit like that. I, I think it's whack. Uh once again, I, I let people live their lives. But at the same time, you know, it's it's a it's a hot topic. And the only thing I can take away from this hot topic is why the nigga had a Kuta Kente shirt on. Cause I'm I just don't get it. See see to, see it. to me it goes way back further before even that. Like they tell him what does like oh Tuesday or Wednesday, hey you're gonna have a workout on Saturday. We're gonna set up a workout for you on Saturday. It's kinda like why, why Why? is it such a short notice? And then you tell him he had, what, two hours to accept? It's like, what What kind of, what kind of, what kind of, get, you, you know, if I got to jump through these hoops, like, from the jump? Nah, never mind. I'm good. I done got my, I done got my settlement. Y'all, y'all told me I got to, I got to be ready on Saturday, regardless if I stay ready or not. I got to be ready on Saturday, and I got two hours to respond. What if that sounds, that sounds like ultimatums to me. Ooh, you know how we feel about ultimatum. And it's like, it's like I would be like, nah, I'm cool. Y'all can eat my dick. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not jumping through these hoops. 
And then, and then I, I start hearing oh, all this other man. stuff saying, you know, well, you know, he can pick his receivers and, and this, that. Okay, whatever. Um, You know, you, you would like to have some familiarity with your receivers I to get heard, timing I down. Did. I already did get to pick his receivers. I heard, I heard towards the end. I like, like I heard, it's a lot of conflicting reports. Like, it was like, you know, they weren't going to have it open to the media. They were going to, you know, whatever recording was done was going to stay within the NFL. And then he was like, nah, we wanted to be transparent. Like, I think he, I personally, I think it was a play. It was all a ploy. Oh, I got Nike here. They're going to shoot a commercial. Yeah, let's not let Nike shoot this commercial about how I'm still being oppressed and show them some film of me being wide ass open around no defenders, Throwing balls to wide-ass open receivers around no defenders. Shit, I could have put a 40-yarder out there. With the left. Low-key. Low key. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah, cool. Your arm look good. Then the mechanics look, okay, yeah, sure. I don't I don't know enough about football to break down his whole, his whole tape like that. But then you get to the interview where you have a good-ass interview, you know, good panel interview, good, good answers, and then you just start wilding out. Tell tell the NFL not to be scared of me. You you're sounding like Terrell Owens. You're sounding like Chad Johnson, and you can't just say, "Oh, those are black people with big personalities and shit like that." Yes, we're black. We're loud. We have big personalities. We like to joke. We like to laugh. We're athletically superior, mostly across the board. But at the same time, when you're trying to work for a private company. If you're going to be yourself, you have to understand they have the right to say no. I feel you on all that, Jay, but I'm still trying to figure out why that nigga wore a Kuta Kinte shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy here wilding. This nigga got a Kuta Kinte shirt on. What does Kuta Kinte have to do with police brutality? Bro, like, that's... is he, is, is something, is he, is he trying to convince the world that he is that black? I, I I think that's I, I don't, like I don't, I don't know like to me it's kind of like okay are you trying to play this slave ownership thing but yet you're trying to go work for quote unquote massa it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like with Eric Reed going at Stephen A Smith oh you a coon you this you this you this even when I said with the whole Jay Z deal Eric Reed you called Jay Z a traitor while you're standing in an NFL locker room. <laughs> And then the people's rebuttal is, man, a lot of y'all work for uh, corporations that y'all don't trust. Bruh, we ain't making millions, dog. We ain't making millions and making public stands on television that we hate our corporations. I think I have a, a job that I, I, I love my job, but I think administration is awful. And I mean, it, it's like that with a lot of people. I, I somebody, a lot of, a lot of people look at it like this. They, they try to, they try to correlate it to, to, to everyday nine to fives. You cannot do that. I'm sorry. You cannot court the, the nine to fives that y'all working at at McDonald's and and at the banks. Like, nah, bro. You cannot compare it to the National Football League. I'm sorry, them boys out there getting seven figure checks. Like, Bi-weekly. you're not getting a you're not getting a seven figure check. Your bonus not even seven figures. So chill. These cats are getting seven figure checks, and they are standing up to corporations, and they really, to be honest with you. The type of damage that they've done to the NFL, if you did that type of damage to your job, you'd get fired on the spot. You're gone. So, so the, the tolerance that the NFL is having for this bullshit is wild to me, bro. Like, the NFL is on some circus shit for even entertaining this foolishness. And at the end of the day, I'm just uh, Kaepernick, if you're listening, why Kunta? That's all I want to know. Why 
Kunta. You went to Alex Haley's play The Roots and said, you know what? Kunta Kinte inspires me. I'm finna give me a custom-made shirt. Come, really? Kunta? Police brutality? You losing me, man. I'm lost. Like I said, I'm not anti or pro cap, but I'm I'm just confused now. Because you out here rocking the Kunta Kinte tank top or whatever with your throw out, throwing football for massa. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's like I, I, you know, that's enough on that, man. No, like no, said, but, but, but before before we go, from being from working in the public sector and working in the private sector, I learned two things. When you're yep. in the public sector, they if they're gonna fire you, they're gonna document the shit out of it. And in the private sector, they're gonna do whatever the fuck you they that they want to do to maintain their reputation. So in the prime in the in the public sector, they're gonna say, okay, you fucked up doing this, you fucked up doing this, you fucked up doing this. And the private sector is like, you're damaging our reputation. Can't have that. If I'm in if I'm in Wendy's and I'm taking showers in the in the tub or or in, where they where they do the dishes, you know, there's no rules against that. None whatsoever. But you're damaging our reputation. You gotta go. Plain and simple. Like you, you simple. I mean, like you say, yo, is this we're talking about multimillionaires with billionaires going at it. Yeah, that's a different ballpark. But at the end of the day, if you break it down to the people like me and you that have these nine to fives, whether they're in corporate America or whether they're in the service industry, if you do something egregious, you're going to have to pay the consequences. If you hurt your company's reputation, you're going to have to pay those consequences. Now, do I think Cap taking a knee for, for police brutality to stop and everything during the national anthem, do I think that was wrong? No, I don't think that was wrong because my reputation isn't in the hands of the NFL. And Cap is, Cap's reputation isn't in my hands. But when Cap put the NFL's reputation in their hands, they can't just say, all right, cool. Yeah, we taking a hit. We losing ratings, this, that, and other. You're taking money out of, my po- out of our pocket. But yeah, you can keep doing what you're doing. Life is a business. Joel Osteen makes money. The NFL makes money. The hobo on the corner makes money. If you start fucking with that hobo money, he is going to fuck you up. <laughs> Real talk, though. I, I just see some, I, you know, people that's been listening to the No Boundaries podcast for a while now. I know y'all remember the story about the hobo that charged Jay Fool ass up. About the school, was about to beat his whole ass. Say, I don't even want to talk about that because I just had PTSD, <laughs> my nigga. <laughs> But when you start messing with hey, people's yeah. money, they have an issue with it. If you if, if people said Joel Osteen started liking people at the church, you know what? We're not going to fuck with Joel Osteen no more. He's going to take issue to that. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, really, I mean, that's you. That's food going. That's food, bro. You stopping somebody food. That's how I look at it. Hey, you stopping somebody food, man. Like. I, I mean, it's, it, it must be a beautiful, a beautiful time in this country for for a strong black man to be able to sue a corporation and they say, you know what, I want to work for y'all. Y'all got to pay me more now. Well, that's wild. I demand y'all give me a job. Not only do y'all pay me, I demand y'all give me a job. Matter of fact, when I get this job, on black jerseys with the, with the white fist on it, you know, just on some extra shit. Like, what you doing, bruh? 
low, low, low key, no, the, the, the black jerseys with those white with the white letters is hard. Those yeah, I know. I know. Hard. <laughs> He's gonna want to make those official. Say hey, if the if the Raiders the, if the Raiders ever the, ever leave that silver and, and go to the white, them jerseys gonna be hard. Cause they they road jerseys the white with the black are already hard. That's not really here nor there. They really, I mean, they, they, they they're really simple. They're really simple. That that minimal shit is is dope. You know. I agree. But um, on to a uh, we probably finna be all over the place, people. So bear with us, cause I just it's some shit on it's some shit I want to talk about, and I just think it's fucking hilarious. Um, I, I was reading um in this 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 uh this article uh and it's crazy man because I, I couldn't find the article and then i went back to find it and I, I, the original article i found it stated that um men who do more chores have a higher rate of divorce that i, I, I don't i don't I, say I, that one more time to me. I, men who do chores meaning housework mm -hmm. have a higher rate of divorce Hmm. And I, as I was, yeah, and it, and it seems like the topic has been flip flopping since about 2010, but it seems like recently uh, that's what takes the cake. And I don't want to delve too much into this, but I want any woman that is listening that happens to be dealing with a man um, or, you know, married or not, you know, maybe just cohabiting or whatever. Uh, how do you feel about men that do a bulk of the chores of the house? Like, from your perspective, I know you're not a woman, Mr. Brooks, mm, but not the last time I do you, do you foresee the fact that you may want to be a lot more tidier than your woman? Do you think that she would see that as a problem? Or uh, have you ever have you ever encountered that as a problem? Well, I, I look at this from two ways. Well, to, to answer your question, I wouldn't see that as a problem because, like, I'm I'm kind of similar to you. I'm from the the age of teamwork. If, if me doing more chores and you doing less because of whatever or you doing more and me doing less because of whatever, as long as we get the job done, I'm fine. So, you know, that 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 isn't, you know, been an issue to me. I, 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 there are chores I don't like to do, but there are chores that I will still do because, again, it's a team and sometimes you got to do shit you don't want to do for the team to win. Like, I, I don't like washing dishes. Hurts my back. I don't like standing up there that long. I damn sure don't like drying dishes. That's like the most pointless thing ever. You can put them in the strainer and let them drip dry. You can sit them in a the dishwasher and let them drip dry. Whatever. I don't like drying dishes. Just never have, never will. But I also look at it as like, if the man is doing more chores, who's doing divorcing? Because when I think about that, I'm thinking that he's getting fed up because he's carrying his weight plus. And then it's kind of like, like I, said, I found an article. I have a, I have an answer to that question. Okay. Okay. Sure. Shoot. The, the women, the women, eighty percent more are more likely to initiate that divorce in that situation. Wow. I mean, that's why I said, you know, for the women listening, I mean, you know, numbers are numbers. I'm not one of those people that feel like, you know, numbers don't lie, but it's interesting when I look at stats. Uh, are you looking like, at ESPN look stats or direct stats? Man, them ESPN stacks be on some tomfoolery. I don't be knowing what they be on. They gonna make those numbers work though. Yeah, they do it. I mean, that's how I look at numbers in general now. I mean, yeah, I feel you on that. That's a good ass question. But I'm looking at, like I said, it's an article from the Telegraph. Uh, it said it was a, a a Norwegian survey, so it may not even be something that's really Western based. But uh, it says it basically says something about more modern couples tend to be, you know, 
more modern couples more modern couples have progressed in a way that you know a lot of times you got you find a woman to be more the one that is more financially stable so to speak which is you know something that we can argue whether is is true or not but um i think in my opinion on this and i could be wrong i think and i say this all the time i personally think that a woman that grows up in a household either with the mother that is strong and independent or with the father that is strong and independent, her outlook on life is going to be, you know, well, I can take care of myself. So when they reach a certain level of success in their lives and they do have to become independent for so long, because more than likely if you know, your, your woman nowadays at average is probably getting married around 29, about 31. So by that time, she's probably done a lot for herself. So by the time a man does probably enter her home, and is the person doing most of the bulk of the housework, what they're saying that means is the man is a lot, is man, the man is home more. The man is, you know, damn near like a house husband because the woman probably is, you know, more tied up with work, leaving the man to do more chores. And at that point, the man tends to be more of a, of a wife at that point. He tends to become a lot less respectable, which is wild to me. I would have said more submissive. Chores. Exactly. And um, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. And I would I would argue that, like I, and I've said it before, I do not think your average woman really values a feminine man. When one if you're a heterosexual woman today, she may she may have some you know some feminine man friends, some metrosexual man friends, but the guy that she is down you know getting down with and the one she's the most attracted to is the one that's more masculine and, and less feminine. And um is the one that she would want to submit to. So when he's, you know, on, around the house doing, you know, chores and shit, and, and once again, this is just me speculating, ladies, if you have an opinion, share it. Um, I just think that makes, in their eyes, whether they admit it or not, I think they just look at a man like he's weaker in that sense. I think a lot of times they just they just be like, man, this nigga weak. I don't want this cat. So I, they move on to something stronger and better. Because, I mean... Something more problematic. I guess... <sighs> I'm gonna say it. 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 I really do believe that a lot of women these days are addicted to toxic relationships. They are addicted to being tortured. I will argue it down. I think you have a lot of women out there in stable relationships that aren't toxic, but I think most of the women these days that tend to find these type of men that they may consider as simps or weak or low value, they may actually be good men, but they don't value them because they're not toxic and problematic. I think. I think. I think most women value a little drama in their lives. They don't want to be bored. They don't want to be with a guy that's stale. Like, you know, they, they, I've often argued. Things are going too air. well. <laughs> I need to fuck some shit up. Hey, I'm telling you. I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. I know some dudes that do that too. I mean, I know that there's a, um, some people have a fear of happiness. But um, yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would definitely argue that modern women tend to like, you know, a lot more problematic and toxic behavior. Not too much of it, but they want some of it. So if shit just seems too perfect, they're going to find something to be pissed off about. So if a nigga's running around the house doing chores and just being the ideal husband from a uh, from a fairy tale standpoint, they don't like that shit. That shit, make them, that shit makes them nauseous, and they're going to run off. He's not masculine enough. Low key. I don't, I don't, That's, I she, mean, she don't want her man in the kitchen in an apron, you know, baking hams and shit. You're supposed to be outside playing with fire. Basically, like, you're like, like real talk, like, 
I've 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 come to the conclusion that more of the women that I've come across, like they like smart, strong-willed men. They don't necessarily need their men to do that type of thing because, I mean, they feel like, you know, hey, if I know he knows how to do it, cool, but if he's doing it too much, it just, I mean, I, I think that they, they, they literally find it weak. Those are women I've talked to. I just don't know what the masses are talking about. But, I mean, according to this data, it seems like it's a, it's a big deal, and I find it interesting. It, and it's, it's, you know what? It's, it's it's also interesting that there are a lot of women out here that don't know how to cook, and there are a lot of men that do know how to cook. Because again, a lot of us have been raised by just our mothers, so you know, hey, you learn how to cook and fend for yourself at a pretty young age, and so yeah, we it might, know, be, it might not be the type of cooking uh, they like, but it, it help. It, we can survive. Yeah, we're gonna eat, and so and some women <laughs> be like, hey, he does all the cooking, he knows how to, he's a great cook, you know, I'll just do the dishes or something like that. And I think that's more of a progressive mindset of that you can interchange these gender roles and still be successful. Like you, you may maintain some some traditional stuff like, hey, he takes the trash out, he washes the cars, he does the maintenance on the house and all this other stuff. Yeah, cool. But then there are, there are those, those cases where, all right, he's better at this than I am. And she's better than this than I am. So, you know, do your thing. Teams are going to do teamwork. That's that's how I see it. If you, that's that's as simple as that. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested in what you know what women are thinking out there about that situation. I don't like I said I don't I don't know how your everyday relationships are going these days. I don't know how the typical modern relationship is going. I mean I know I know it's been a lot of it's been some positive things said about modern day relationships, but it's been a lot of negative too. So I'm just curious. But uh, lastly, I definitely want to talk about this tweet that I saw the other day, man. Uh, this chick um, at blame Angie. Um, basically, she 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 says some things about OnlyFans, man, and it's funny because me and you talk about this OnlyFans shit a lot. It's just fucking hilarious that we've never talked about it on air, and I just kind of felt like I found the perfect tweet to pretty much kind of summarize how I feel about the situation. But I definitely want to say something about this tweet. Let me give me a second. Let me see if I can pull it up. Here we fucking go again. Twitter want to come at me for having a fucking opinion. I'm so tired of y'all, dad. I'm so fucking tired of y'all. But let me just say it. One, can't really respect the OnlyFans girls. I really can't. Oh, don't knock their hustle. I'm not knocking your hustle. Do what you got to do. But I don't need to respect it. I feel like there's so much ways to make money and y'all really just want to fuck in front of strangers or fuck for strangers to watch y'all for money. That's really, that's really where you came down to. That's really rock bottom. That's really rock bottom. Like, honestly, if I'm out here fucking for money, fucking on camera so that people can see me and make money, I have hit rock bottom. So if y'all ever see me fucking have an OnlyFans account, just know my life is trash. All right. And then people want to hit me with the, oh, they're just really confident. I'm really confident. You're not gonna see me fucking making OnlyFans because I'm confident. There's no correlations with confidence in OnlyFans. None. None. Alright? And then people wanna what else y'all wanna come at me with, bro? They just come oh, 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 so you fuck for free? That that's not normal. That's what threw me. That's what fucking threw me. <laughs> that shit it goes on and on. But that shit was funny to me when she hit us with that. That's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is this, 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 shout out to Keith, man, at Nightcast, man. Because I, although I know I probably didn't talk about this with him, this is this the reason I'm shouting him out is to say, man, this is why. And if you look at this thread, you have to understand something. This is why I'm scared for people like him and you, because I feel like 
it makes sense for you guys to hold on or want to hold on to the women that you guys have gotten because y'all know they not like this. And when I say like this, I'm saying like, dog, you would be surprised at how many women are walking around that are cool with the fact that they're basically prostitutes. Like she goes on and on and she kind of talks about how morally we have hit rock bottom. Like we're morally bankrupt as a society. And I'm, you know, people start arguing, trying to get all smart and philosophical. Oh, morality is subjective. Man, come on, man. Since the biblical times, since the biblical era, prostitution has never been something that has been okay. Like, I have a daughter, and I'm like, huh, I really hope my daughter grows up one day and she has a million-dollar OnlyFans account. Like, that is not an aspiration that parents are having for children. So if you look at it from that perspective, I'm sorry. Like, we out here wild in this society. Like, we are literally in the twilight zone where people are extra, extra cocky over the fact that they're just porn stars. Like, you got to think about it. We're coming closer to a time where we're basically going to probably start seeing porn awards on regular TV because porn stars are just starting to be, they, they're just regular celebrities now. One of the main reasons why I hate the gym now. Like, I literally go to a gym where the bitch is empty half the time unless I'm going to play basketball due to the fact that it just stinks of OnlyFans. <laughs> Real talk. Like, those are the type of women that are in the gym now. They're basically just trying to stay fit half the time. Not all of them. A lot of them just seem like they're just in there maintaining an image or maintaining a look so they can supply their fans. I mean, how do you, like, what would you do if you were dating a chick and you, she had an OnlyFans account, Jay? Yeah, take a deep breath. And for the women out there, what would you do if you figured out your man had an OnlyFans account? He out there beating his meat for fat ones. <laughs> it's a lot to unpack here, sir. If I was dating a chick that had an OnlyFans account, first and foremost, I'd hope that she'd never let me know. But then you, we both know ignorance is bliss. We both know a woman that gets a lot of money and nobody knows where it's coming from. And see, my my curiosity. We know a couple like that. My curiosity, my curiosity trumps my ignorance. I'd rather I'd rather know and, and be knowledgeable than to be ignorant and live in the bliss. And to me, it's like if you're out there selling sex. And of course, you're not phys- with the OnlyFans. You're not physically fucking people. You showing them, doing whatever. And I've, I mentioned this about about how I feel with sex. You're giving away something that is mine in the moment. Like as long as we have these titles on this relationship, that sex is mine. Those body parts are quote unquote mine. Not that I'm claiming your body, but it's like, hey, this is something that you give to me as a sign of your love for me. Me giving you this dick is a sign of my love for you. I'm not giving this dick to nobody else. So basically, it's yours. Mm-hmm. And if you giving it up on the OnlyFans, what do I get now? I get, I get, you know, I, I, I can't I don't say. Even know how that only, I don't even know how that shit works. So that, so it's say, like, look, I don't, I don't make enough money to be buying OnlyFans accounts. Like, weird to me. like, like the way the way my 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 hierarchy of earnings is. It's like iPhone with no case, then OnlyFans account. Like those, I I, I got to get to iPhone with no case before I'm buying OnlyFans account. With all this free porn out there, I just I don't I don't. Let me let me say once again, 
she said something else that I agree with. Like, I don't necessarily have to respect you, and I'm not knocking y'all either. Um, but at the same time, I just wonder, and and obviously this says a lot about men too, because um, I, I know some some women that, like I said, they carry themselves pretty normally. Like they they seem like your everyday average people. They just have OnlyFans account. And once again, I don't know what's going on on these OnlyFans account, but from the sounds of it and from what it looks like, I mean, they basically just seem like, they sound like porn stars to me that are having private sessions, you know, um, it's online. And it's just the type of fans that they have, man, they got to be some weird guys. They got to be some weird guys, some players club type niggas, man. And it just, it just makes me wonder. Like I said, once again, I don't have to respect it, but it definitely makes me ask questions on which way are we headed in society to where that's cool? And are they really, are these OnlyFans accounts really being properly vetted? Or are, are there 14 and 13 year olds with OnlyFans accounts? Oh, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to let you know ahead of time. I'm completely going to um, play some music over this or, or cut it out. But. I'm not saying that's what all the OnlyFans are. I'm just saying that that's that's probably a lane. Yeah, yeah, man, it's whew, it's we live in a society, <laughs> and I just <laughs> and I just sit there and I just you can't be it. a normal pervert anymore. Yeah, that's a different type of pervert right there, man. Like me, I'm just you know I look, you know I gaze like your average. Like I can't even say average no more. I don't even know what average is anymore. But um, the Twilight Zone is wild I'm, out here, man. I'm, I'm probably I, below I, average, and I would and I would say that I'm a pervert, and I would say I'm probably below average compared to what's going on now. Dude, all I know is, no matter how much the times change, some shit is just constant. There are there are universal laws out here, and I definitely believe that. It's a dangerous it's a dangerous game to be playing when you're dealing with creeps like that. Um, and I'm just I forgot what movie it was I saw on Netflix. I, I, I know it was about a camera girl that she basically had an OnlyFans account and uh, she basically got hacked. And um, that's my fear for a lot of these women that are doing that and they're thinking that it's cool and it's like it's harmless. But man, you you just never know what's on the other side. Like that's it just doesn't seem like a safe game to play. And once again. Are these things really being properly vetted? And shit, I I I would I'd invite a, a OnlyFans chick on the podcast to talk about it. Cause once again, I don't hate y'all. Um, don't like I said, I don't necessarily respect your avenue of getting money, but um, 
I'm curious because it's like, man, and, and like she said, like, where were you at in life where you figured out like, this is what I want to do? Because you can you can treat OnlyFans like you're a ride share driver. You know, maybe that's just a side hustle, but like, come on, man, it's a million side hustles out there. That's the one you're gonna go with. Like, we I just feel like I but, kinda but, miss when society was a little more uppity. Go ahead. But the but the and this is a, even playing devil's advocate, it's kinda like look at it at this way. If you're gonna be out there and let's say let's say you're a porn star already and you're on all these free sites where I can go look at you do all the wild shit for free already. But there's somebody at this above average level of perv or this more extreme level of perv that would pay money to hear me say, oh, Danny, expletive, 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 and they will give me money. Why, why, why wouldn't I do that? Like, I'm already out there. I might as well get money, get more money since I'm already out there. I think that's what a lot of it comes from. Those that are already out there are like, shit, well, I might as well, you know, get this extra. I don't, I don't, I don't find too many. I wouldn't think that too many women that aren't already profiting off their body are just casually doing only fan accounts. I know you didn't watch Euphoria, but there was a girl in high school who basically had a a fan only account, but hers was more of a fetish, dumb, huh? So she was in high school. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was was underage. Yeah, she was underage. It was more of a fetish, dominatrix kind of thing. Oh man, so I I, I think I got to do a little more research then. That don't mean I'm for the guy to get an OnlyFans account, but I am curious. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Let me find out you got an OnlyFans account. (laughs) Canceling Christmas, canceling no boundaries. (laughs) Examples is just no, no. but yeah, man, I ain't gonna draw on to them. I, I say I, I would like to, you know, figure out a little more, kind of like you want to do with this release the Snyder Cut thing. Um, <laughs> before we end, I mean, before we get into words of advice, I mean, really, from a from a from a standpoint of how I see it, you need to understand something. Um, most people can agree that Justice League was garbage. So I we agree on that. that. I even agree with that. Just, Justice League was awful. Um, it was. I felt. Was, I felt it was rushed. It was it was butchered due to the fact that I believe, and, you know, Keith, I, I know you got my back on this. I believe Zach lost his daughter. Um, and a lot of that had to do with, you know, some of the film making and, you know, it, it, it fucked up some things, you know, for lack of a better term. It really did. It messed up some things, you know, and it, unfortunate situation. But what happened is they brought in the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the director of Avengers, the first Avengers, Josh Whedon, and he came in and he put his cartoony spin to it. And um, I'm not behind the scenes at these in Hollywood, because if I would, Charlie's Angel would have never came out. But that's another. <laughs> um, the the movie was butchered, and it wasn't Zach's full vision. So when you see people championing for this release, the site, the Snyder Cut. They're doing this because they feel like Justice League was kind of blackballed like Colin Kaepernick was. And they feel like it was blackballed not only to kind of damage Zach's name, to almost put him in a situation. Because if you, if, if, I don't know if people notice this, but you can go to a lot of platforms and pull up Justice League and it's going to say directed by Zack Snyder. And that is false. Zack Snyder did not direct that movie. 
In my opinion, he didn't. That was not a Zack Snyder movie. Honestly, when I watched that movie, I felt like the only thing that felt Zack Snyder-esque to me was the intro. And that was like the, the intro score. And that's the only thing that felt like Zack Snyder. You had moments of Zack Snyder in there, but for the most part, it was butchered to input Josh Whedon's vision. So, long story short, release the Snyder Cut is a big deal because people believe that there is an addition that Zack Snyder has in his vault. <laughs> if he doesn't have it in his vault, WB has it in their vault, and they need to release that shit because if not, it might, it might be a ride on these streets, bro. You see how they be going that key? Bro, I, I, I just texted him to see if he was busy because I know he's going to give give a lot of insight. Like, hey, you got five minutes. You can come fill me in. Jump on real quick. See, but, See, for y'all that don't know that, you know, the guy that we work with, the nice cast, like, that's really his following is the comic book nerds. And um, I don't know how he feels about this, but, I mean, when he starts talking about comic books, they, that gets the crowd going. That's why a lot of his uh, his fans are seem to be a little underage. That's why you get comments like, I've never been in a relationship before. He has some young fans. They really want to hear him talk about comics. I feel like at times Keith don't know that. <laughs> I, like, I like this I like this example thing, but bruh, you gotta get your podcast going. Strictly talk about your your views on movies and comics. That's what your fans are here for. And yet a guy has fans. Uh but yeah, that's where Release the Slider Cut is from my perspective. It's a movement that is based on the fact that they know a Snyder a cut of Justice League exists that was directed, fully directed by Zack Snyder. And um these fans are getting antsy, bro. Every chance they get. And for people that don't know out there, man, I, I honestly feel like his vision was the better vision. I, I think Aquaman was trash. Uh, Keith liked Shazam. I think Shazam was awful. I don't. I haven't liked anything since the since the, the director's cut of Batman versus Superman. I, I like I like Man of Steel on the first watch. I like um I like Wonder Woman. I like Wonder Woman. Uh, I think Wonder Woman would have tied into Zack Snyder's vision. Cause I think, I think Patty Jenkins is doing a good job with Wonder Woman. I don't know what this part two gonna be about. Although I am excited for Cheetah because I like the actor that's pl- the actress's planner. But man, I, I don't really like what WB is doing right now, to be honest with you. So they could scrap the whole thing if Zach ain't gonna be a part of it. I really ain't supporting this shit no more. I mean, after seeing Joker movies, like you can go dark and be successful. I don't even consider that. You know, a part of like I, I feel like that's like that's a I, yeah movie. right right I, yeah that's, 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 that's definitely a one off that's definitely a one off but I'm like you can go dark and be successful just kind of even 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 like with MCU with Infinity War you didn't have to make Endgame lighthearted you could have yeah, you, you could have stayed serious all the way throughout that and it still would have been a great movie well it would have been a better movie I can't say it would still would have been great it would have been a better movie. They should have took their time. It didn't have to come out the next year. I say that all the time. Like, what you? Why, why you come out the next year? I remember you used to wait a couple years for for some sequels, bro. You know how long we've been away for Doctor Strange, which, in my opinion, is top tier MCU. And I get, I'm just saying, bro, we've been waiting a long time for Doctor Strange too, and that's fine. We better wait a long time for Black Panther, but you rushed Avengers Endgame. Like you, like that was weird to me. And and, anyway. and and in the effort of secrecy, like oh yeah, we're gonna shoot both the movies at the same time, random scenes here, there, here, there. It's like you try some stuff for no reason. It's so much value in taking your time. Once again, responsible people are proactive, not reactive. And I feel like if they were really being responsible with this movie franchise, they would have been a lot more 
proactive with it and took their time. That's just my opinion. But anyways, and the beat drops, and we move the new, the into new words beat. advice. The new oh, beat yeah, drops. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's enjoyable, man. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just say I, I like one of my uh, the tweets I had put up today. was uh, Is this uh, tweet of the week? Your, yeah, re- recreate yourself, man. One of the 48 laws of power, you know. Well, for 48 tweets of power. Recreate yourself. <laughs> I think it's important. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important to, uh, you know, don't 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 let you know. Kind of like when girls are out here searching for problematic behavior. You know, not in that sense, but you know, don't let don't let life get stale. Do something different. Switch it up. You know, get creative. You know, you don't want to be the you. You're not supposed to be the same person you are when you were 17 or when you were 24. Like you're gonna change from time to time, you know. I one thing I, I learned from watching that ridiculously awful movie Midsummer, um, life is definitely it's, it's seasons. So you know, each season, man, you should you should find the time to recreate yourself. And yes, Midsummer was awful. Um, Ari Aster, he he has mental issues, and um, yeah, that's it on that. Okay, so you do not <laughs> recommend it. Midsummer? <laughs> I do not. I do not at all. Okay. All right. Um, my words of advice. Um, it takes sugar, eggs, milk, flour, and whatever else you need to make a cake. That's the checklist. But how you put it together is what makes all the difference. You can't just go into something and say, oh, I got eggs, I got milk, I got, you know, this, this, and this. I have a cake. No. You have the checklist. You have the ingredients. You can't bake that cake and then throw the eggs on after it comes out of the oven. So with those, with the checklist that everybody wants to have that we talked about on the examples, on the examples pod, the checklist of what goes into a perfect situation, a perfect scenario. I even watched the movie Blank Check because I signed up for Disney Plus and he had a checklist of everything that he wanted, wanted to get. You can have these checklists, but how you mold those checklists and how those ingredients and items fit into your life are what makes all the difference. So know the checklist, but know the mold. That's some real shit. Where you steal that from? I came. <sighs> Damn. I'm so original, man. Chill out, dog. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Come on, Drake. Where you get who wrote that for you? Wow. You think somebody out there ghosting my bars now? Come on, <laughs> B. I gotta see some, man. I gotta I gotta see some. Cause uh T with Monroe is one of the only people that actually cares about my my recommendations for movies. And I was just thinking I knew I saw something recently that I felt was worth watching. So before I go out, I like to I like to say I'm glad you recommended uh the tambourine Chris Rock movie. It's actually pretty I mean not the movie, but the um The stand up. The stand up. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Wasn't great, but it was solid. Uh I don't recommend Rattlesnake on Netflix, but watch it. I want to see what people think about that movie. Okay. Um, obviously, uh, yeah, that's what it was. Dolomite is my name. I haven't heard enough people talking about that movie. I think I think everybody should watch Dolomite is my name. I think, yes. I, 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 I thought I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. For, for what for what I knew about it. about um, what's his name, Rudy? Um, what's his name? Rudy Moore. Yeah, Rudy Moore. From what I knew about Rudy, Rudy Moore. Rudy Ray Moore. Rudy Ray Moore, like that, that helped kind of explain a lot more and help helping my understanding. And I and I I, I, I think I mentioned that before because I like movies like what Chadwick Boseman did, Get On Up. Like, yeah, he killed Get On Up. 
Yeah, that was that was great. He, yeah, he killed him. He killed get on up. Um, yeah, man. I like I said, I, I recommend that movie. Um, it, yeah, I, in a in a way. One thing I think, you know, Sean said it. Like Sean said it. Like Eddie Murphy and Rudy Ray Moore had a lot in common. They really do because of, you know how they put black people on. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's real shit, you know. And I think I liked it most because it focused on the. It focused on the grind. It focused on, you know, his mentality. He was a go getter. His sexuality was irrelevant. All the other shit was irrelevant. He was about empowering his people, and he felt he was a star. If you feel that you're a star, put in the work to get to star status. It's that simple. That simple. Take it how you want to. But anyways, man, that is all I got. Um, remember, ladies, get that pistol. Get that pink pepper spray. Be prepared out here on these streets because they're kidnapping y'all. Um, and I'm not playing. I'm being serious. It's scary out here for y'all. So whether you believe it or not, stay protected because these niggas out here kind of, kind of, they they hands they wrist kind of limp, so you really can't you can't you can't depend on these men out here. <laughs> Just say. And with that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?